I'm a different woman to the one I was a few years ago, different even from a year ago. I've gone from being constantly on, often stressed and overwhelmed, grumpy and suffering with sometimes extreme mood swings to somebody who feels that bit calmer, happier and more content. My life just feels that bit more manageable these days. And I'm able to enjoy my work more as well, because while I've always loved what I do, I definitely got to a stage where I didn't love how I was doing it and was constantly panicked about fitting clients in and all the things I needed to do to run a business. Previously, that constant stress sucked the enjoyment out of everything for me. I wasn't exactly unhappy, but I was definitely sick of that emotional roller coaster and spent my time dreaming of easier times ahead. And I think this story is definitely going to resonate with a lot of you. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm perfect these days. I absolutely still have my moments of overwhelm, my moments where things feel a bit much, but it has improved. And today I'm going to be talking to you about a couple of the big things I did to slow myself down and what you can do if you feel like you're on that perpetual roller coaster and you would really quite like to get off. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life, improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at alexchickfit. Hello and a huge welcome back both to my previous listeners and those who have joined recently. Honestly, this podcast is such a joy to create and I'm really, really grateful each and every time you show up. And today I wanted to share with you a little bit about my own experience of going from stressed and on all the time to somebody who feels just that little bit calmer and more in control. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm always chilled because I'm definitely not. Um, but I do spend a lot more time in that place of calm than I used to and I do feel a lot better for it. And I think this is really important. You know, I am in the business of habit change. You know, it might seem that I'm in the business of exercise, but actually I'm in the business of habit change. I am here to help my members and my clients change their habits, change their mindsets, change the way they approach things so that they can get closer to those goals that they're going for. They can get closer to this kind of, this ideal we all have of being active people, of exercising regularly, of looking after our nutrition and doing it for the long term. And I think that, you know, in order to do that, we need to be in a place where we feel calmer and more in control. Because when we don't, when we're spending a lot of our time stressed, when we're spending a lot of our time switched on, it's so, so much harder to create those new habits, those healthy new habits. So that's why I really wanted to talk about this today. And I also think I wanted to talk about it because I think it's quite a complex thing. You know, it goes a, a long way beyond just that bit of self-care. Like we can all say, oh, you know, have a nice hot bath and do a bit of meditation, try a bit of yoga. And while I'm all over women taking that time out for themselves and doing those things and looking after themselves better, and I'm going to give you some tips at the end on how you can do that. What I actually think we need to do is work first on our mindset around stress because our minds are very, what's the word, attached, I suppose, are very attached 
to stress. And we might think, oh, this feels bad. I don't want to feel stressed all the time. I want to feel calmer. I want to feel better in myself. But actually, stress is serving us. And that's why we hold on to it. We hold on to the busy. We hold on to the stress because it is serving us in some way. And I think that, you know, a lot of us are kind of addicted to that stress. I mean, number one, we're addicted to the buzz from the hormones. Yeah. That sort of buzz that we get from that kind of low level of adrenaline, maybe certainly cortisol that is kind of buzzing around the system, kind of gives us our get up and go, you know, wakes us up in the morning, gets us doing the things that we need to do. And we, we sort of, we, we get very connected to that. And certainly when somebody comes to me and says, Oh, I just, I just prefer it when I'm busy straight away my mind is going to right we need to we need to find a way to to sort of get this person to come down from the buzz of those those hormones because you know that means that we are getting really used to those stress hormones all the time i think that we also connect stress and being busy to our own self-worth and that's certainly something that i have done myself in the past you know if I am fully booked with clients, for example, that's a good thing. That means I've been successful. It means that I, you know, I'm worthy and, you know, I've got people who want to work with me, for example. Or if you get together with your friends and, you know, everybody's like, oh God, yeah, manic at the moment. I'm so busy. I've got so much going on. I've got all, you know, all of these things to do. And it becomes like this badge of honor, that busyness, that stress, that being able to say, oh yeah, yeah, I've barely got a minute to myself today because of the kids and this that and the other and and it's very tied up to our sense of self-worth even if it doesn't necessarily feel good and i think the other thing is that we don't have the skills these days to be without that distraction or worry because it feels uncomfortable to connect to ourselves on a deeper level it feels uncomfortable to be still it feels uncomfortable to be, to be quiet because we're not used to it we're used to having distraction we're used to having our phone to hand we're used to always having something to alleviate the boredom and so so when we are not practiced at being still, we find it very hard to be still. It's like, you know, when I teach people meditation, I think people are surprised at how hard they find it actually to do that because it means sitting and being with themselves. And that can feel that can feel incredibly uncomfortable sometimes. And, you know, I think as well, there's this connection to try and trying to make ourselves feel better by trying to live up to being an amazing employee, an amazing mother, an amazing friend. And if we can do all of those things, we're going to feel better about ourselves. And so we we stress ourselves out by kind of trying to do all the things for all the people. So I think that for me, those are the four key things. The buzz from the hormones, connection to our self-worth, not having the skills to be without distraction or to be without worry, and trying to make ourselves feel better by living up to these gigantic expectations all the time. Those for me are the four things that kind of stop us from switching off. And I think that we, you know, we do have to work on that first and work on the mindset around those things. And I think as well, we need to recognize that you know, our work week was not designed for modern life. You know, I saw this on a, I think an Instagram post or something recently that, you know, it's basically saying that our work week, a 40 hour work week is not designed for modern life. It's not designed for women being in the workplace. It's no longer fit for purpose. That working week was designed around men who had people at home to do all that stuff for them. They literally had to get up in the morning. They had to go to work. They would come home. They would have their dinner served to them and they would go to bed. They didn't have 
have to worry about all of the ins and outs of life. Not to mention that modern life is just busier and it is more complicated and more complex as well. So, you know, I think that we need to keep that in mind as we go through this is that we're all trying to live up to a a modern life and a a workspace that's not designed. It's not designed for us. It's not designed for, for men either. It doesn't allow them the space and time to kind of be for that be around for their families more. So, you know, that in itself is really damaging and that in itself is causing a huge amount of stress in that we feel like, oh my God, I should be able to keep up with this. We shouldn't be able to keep up with this because it's not designed for purpose, it's not fit for purpose anymore. And, you know, I personally feel like our working week needs to change for men and women. It needs to change. I know there's some kind of uh, experiments and studies going on around a four-day working week. And, you know, basically they're saying, actually, we get the same amount done in four days. We're as productive, if not more productive in four days than we are over five. Just imagine the change that could make to everyone's lives if we were doing a four-day working week. Anyway, that's a completely different discussion. I think that what I really wanted to highlight there is that modern life is stacked against us. Okay. You know, we're not keeping all the balls in the air. And, our, and we are in a bit of overwhelm because modern life is not working for us. And I see it all the time with women who are trying to keep up with that, but then they're also trying to add other stuff on top. And particularly when it comes to habit change, for example. So I'll, I will say to people, look, so have you thought about how you're going to make this happen. And often it's, oh, well, what I thought I would do is, you know, once the kids are in bed, I'll do my workout or I'll slot it in here, I'll slot it in there, I'll slot it in there. But actually what I'm looking for is what are the other changes you're making in your life to allow yourself the space for this? Because it's not just about the physical space, it's about the mental space as well. And what we're often trying to do is we're trying to shoehorn something into our lives wondering why we can't keep up with it. You know, even when it is things like exercise and good nutrition, we're like trying to shoehorn it in and we're going, I know it's going to make me feel better. I know I want to do this. I know this is important to me, but I just can't seem to make it stick. And it's because we're not necessarily changing other things in our lives. There is a limit to how much we can do that. Like I say, modern life is not set up for us anymore. But, you know, we we do need to, So I think, sometimes take a step back. If you are a person who is on and off and on and off with your exercise, with your self-care, with your nutrition all the time. This is the stuff, this is the stuff that you need to look at because this is about delving a little bit deeper, taking a step back and having kind of that overview of, oh my gosh, right, what is it that I'm actually trying to fit in? And is it realistic for me to shoehorn this other stuff in? So I think that's the first thing is knowing that you're not going to shoehorn something into an overfull life already. You know, I think even sometimes if we physically have the time, we don't always have the brain space or the energy in that time. So we might be saying to ourselves, well, I don't know why I can't do it because I've got this half an hour each day at such and such a time. But if we've then not got the brain space or the energy for it, it's not going to happen. I think secondly, like I said before, when you are in a state of heightened anxiety and stress, it's going to be almost impossible to create a new habit. We need to create like a sort of clear canvas for it almost and, you know, create that sense of having a bit of space, having a bit of time, having the time to think about it properly in order to make that change. So, What I'm going to talk about today is how you can take a step back from that and how you can do some of that foundational work first. Now, for me, what I did uh, when I was getting to a state of overwhelm, when I was always stressed, when I was always on, when I felt like I could never switch off at all, 
I took a step back and I wrote down a list of my values. That was the first thing I did. So I wrote down a list of my values, you know, things around freedom and family time and being self-employed, like not having a boss. That was really important to me. And, you know, all of those things. And I sort of wrote down my values. And then I, I sort of had to think about, well, how is my life right now? And how are the kind of measures that I'm using to measure my success? How are they matching up to these values? And I realized there was a complete mismatch. Like I, my values were freedom. Okay. So the freedom to be my own boss, the freedom to create my own agenda, my own diary for the day, the freedom to finish at three o'clock so I could be around for the kids, the freedom to take the school holidays off, right? This this is huge for me, really, really huge. And then I looked at how I was living that life and the life that life was actually the kids getting home at three o'clock, me still being stressed because I hadn't finished everything from the day. So I was like catching up on emails and constantly saying to the kids, yeah, I'll be there in a minute, I'll be there in a minute. You know, at the same time, ramming my diary full of things, thinking that actually my success was predicated on how many clients I had and how busy I was. And, you know, and if I, if I had a non-busy week, I was like, oh my God, oh no, what's going on? I'm not successful anymore kind of thing. And I realized there was this huge mismatch between one and the other. And so, you know, I was connecting my own self-worth to the busy, but actually the busy was not what mattered to me. You know, I wanted freedom, flexibility, and all of those things. And that is why I was struggling. That's why I felt overwhelmed all the time. That's why I was struggling to slow down. So then I've had to make conscious effort to untangle myself from that relationship, untangle myself from constantly busy and having clients coming out my ears as being success and actually going, freedom, that's my measure of success being around for the kids after school, being able to take off the school holidays, that it becomes my measure of success. And suddenly that made things so much easier, so, so much easier. So that's the first thing I think is getting clear on what your values are, looking at how your life as is, is matching up to that. And if it's not, why not? And what can you do to untangle yourself from that and change the way that things work? So you are going to have to change stuff. Uncomfortable as it feels, you will have to change stuff. The second thing that I have done is journaling and meditation. Now, this is easier said than done. As I said before, some of us find it very difficult to be still. <laughs> we really do. We're like, what's going on? I can't be with myself. I can't be with all these thoughts. So journaling can be a good place to start because that could be like a really good brain dump. Just get everything down on paper, get it out there. And then I started to add the meditation and I just it was just a little bit at a time. And that's the thing. It doesn't have to be ages and ages. You know, meditation can be two minutes of sitting and, and being with your breath. It's learning to be still, learning to be with myself without distractions. And like I say, no easy job, but really, really important. The next thing was stopping doing everything for everybody else. So getting the kids to step up to the plate a little bit more they were leaving plates, you know, they'd leave their plates around the house or leave stuff around the house. And I was forever like picking up after them. I just thought, hang on a minute. No, <laughs> this isn't happening anymore. They are perfectly old enough to put their things in the dishwasher. They're perfectly old enough to empty the dishwasher. They're perfectly old enough to help me with the dinner or to clear up from dinner or to do all of these things. And so having that discussion with them and saying, right, kids, come on, you've got to step up to the plate a little bit. I need you to do more delegating stuff, delegating stuff to my husband for a start, delegating some of my cleaning to a cleaner. That has really helped. You know, I know that's not necessarily available to everybody, but, you know, I think that was my answer. That was my specific answer. So whatever you can do that you can delegate, 
you know, I I was looking at this post on Facebook recently in this big group, and there were a lot of mums talking about their afternoon or evening routine, and you know, going through this massive routine of getting the kids and then doing this homework with this one. And then while you're doing that, you're putting a wash on. And while that's happening, you're thinking about what's for dinner. And then you're putting the dinner on and getting this other kid into the bath and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm exhausted just looking at it. But my other thought was, where is the partner in all of this? Now, I understand that not everybody has a partner. I understand that, of course, there are people out there who are doing this by themselves. And if you are doing that, you are flipping amazing. But I can assure you that out of these hundreds of comments, plenty of these women have partners who could have been helping in this. And I'm thinking, why? Why are they doing all of this stuff by themselves? And I think we've got so used to doing that stuff by ourselves, taking that load on by ourselves, that we forget that we can ask. We forget that we can delegate. We forget that we can do that. And, you know, me and my husband have had many conversations over the years about him doing more. And, you know, our, our workload is much, much more equal now than it used to be. You know, it's in a much better place. So, you know, knowing that you are allowed to do that, you don't have to do everything. And I think just a general life declutter, like what is it that is taking up space and time and headspace and, stuff that's frustrating you, stuff that you don't like doing anymore, all of those things as well. So like really getting down to the nuts and bolts, what is going on in my life and what do I need to sort out? So like I say, this is a lot deeper than just having the old bubble bath. Okay. This is going to take a bit of time, but ultimately I think it's about knowing that you deserve your own time, your own consideration, your own care, because actually a lot of us don't know that. And it's why we self-sabotage and work against ourselves, even though we we might want a different reality for ourselves. You know, I think that we don't necessarily realise that we are, you know, we are deserving of that time and care. We really are. And ultimately, I think we can't keep going around that same hamster wheel expecting something or someone else to step in for us and give us what we need. We have got to do that for ourselves. We've got to advocate for ourselves, got to be honest with ourselves. We've got to work towards the life that we really want rather than just letting life happen to us. And we've got to stop putting pressure on ourselves to live up to certain expectations that are impossible actually to live up to. And, you know, that does mean feeling comfortable sometimes. Some of this is you're not going to want to do it. It's going to feel uncomfortable. And I think that one of the reasons we do stay in perpetual motion is that we can become very uncomfortable with our own thoughts and feelings around stuff. So, you know, I think that we need to know that sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, but to keep that end goal in mind, to know that we can work much closer towards that life that we want. We can work much closer towards reducing the stress, reducing the overwhelm and all of those things as well. And, you know, look, I could go on for hours and hours and hours about this subject. Slowing down is so much more complex than we give it credit for. It really is. And there's so much in there that I'm sure I could bring out of this. But, you know, ultimately, I think this is about understanding ourselves, understanding our values, understanding our motivations, understanding what we actually want from life, but also being prepared to change ourselves to get there and being able to stand up for ourselves almost, stand up for ourselves in our own lives. And I promise you it's worth it. I've gone through it. I continue to go through it, by the way. I'm not, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm 100% living my most amazing best life. Like there's always stuff that we want to do, we want to change, we want to improve. And it does take a bit of time. But, you know, 
it's possible. It's possible to get closer. Even if you don't 100% get there, it's like getting closer to it and knowing that you are making the right changes for you and that you are spending more time in that place of stillness and calmness and peace. I think ultimately that's what we all want, isn't it? A bit more peace. So, if you kind of want to get started with, with a, like what I've given you is quite a lot, and I would say definitely, definitely do that. But I've got a couple of suggestions for things you can do to kind of kick it off. Number one, well, what I said before, really, writing down your values and thinking about how your current life fits in with that is definitely a, a good one to do. But some more sort of practical day-to-day ones are things like, and I know this sounds ridiculous, going to the toilet without your phone like how you go, we go to the toilet even with our phones on so that we're not bored <laughs> for the two minutes we're in there. Go to the loo without your phone. Set time limits on access to your phone. So my phone kind of switches off access to a lot of apps at eight o'clock at night and comes back on again about half seven in the morning. And it definitely means that I do a lot less scrolling in the evening, I can assure you. So that really helps. Set a timer for 20 minutes and focus on just one thing. Like we're often trying to multitask and it's not necessarily very good for us. It makes us feel overwhelmed. So could you set a timer and just focus on doing one thing for 20 minutes? Make a cup of tea without doing another job. Again, we we make a cup of tea and while we're doing that, we're tidying up the kitchen and we're folding up some washing and we're doing X, Y, Z. Could we make a cup of tea and not do anything else just without distraction for a couple of minutes? Could you go for a walk on your own for 10 minutes without distraction or music? That is, you know, that's another thing you can do. So all of these things are really designed to help you start to be able to slow down, to be able to be with yourself, to be able to, you know, find a bit of peace within without it needing loads of time, without it needing to feel too hard. So I hope you can get on board with that. And then, like I say, those bigger things about your values and how your life fits in with that and delegating and all those things as well, I think are really, really important. So what do you think? Do you have trouble slowing down even though you would really, 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 really like to? And what are a couple of the key messages or tips that you can start doing? Don't look at that list and go, I'm going to do all of it. (laughs) Choose one thing, maybe two at the most, and start with those and start with, you know, allowing yourself to just slow down, allowing yourself to just do one thing at a time. And then slowly but surely, you will start to create a bit more headspace because we all need that. If we're going to change habits, if we're going to do things a different way, we need the headspace to allow us to do that. And hopefully then eventually more actual physical time as well for you to do the things you really want to do, whether it's more exercise, whether it's a hobby you gave up years ago that you'd love to get back to, whether it's time to go out with your friends, whether it's having the time to go get yourself a massage, like whatever it is, I promise that if I can do it, then you can too, because I was honestly running around like a headless chicken for a little while there. And, you know, I have slowed down. I have slowed way, way down. So yeah, you can do it. You can definitely do it. If you're having trouble slowing down, give some of those a try. And I'd love to know what you think. I'd love to know what you're going to make a start on. I always love hearing from you. So do drop me an email, do drop me a message and let me know how you get on. And thank you so much for joining me again today. Like I say, it's always been a huge pleasure. It always is a huge pleasure to be here. And I really hope that this has been helpful and given you some food for thought. So do join me again next time. But until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration.